Blog Talk Radio. The blood that Jesus shed for me.
Okay, so we're live here on Prayer International Radio. This is our Thursday night broadcast. I'm your host, John Holmberg, in Dallas, Texas. Our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you have a prayer request, you have something you want us to pray for, something you want us to stand and believe with you for, please give us a call. If you need healing for pretty much anything, give us a call and the Lord will heal you. If you need a word from the Lord, call in. Um, if you have a praise report, call in. Um, pretty much whatever's on your heart, give us a call because um, we're here for you. So, Father, tonight, <sighs> Jesus, this is all yours. Every bit of it. This whole thing belongs to you, Father. Lord, and as every night, and most of all tonight, Lord, I lay it at your feet. That you would have your way in it, Father. Lord, that all the international listeners, Father, all the listeners here in the United States. Father, I have absolutely no clue what they need, Lord, but you do. And we know what your word declares. And we know that your word is true. Father, so tonight, whatever they need, Lord. Father, pour out the abundance of your grace, Lord. Pour out the abundance of your mercy and favor upon them, Lord. Father, touch them tonight with your love. Touch them tonight with your hands. Let your Holy Spirit fill every single one of them tonight. Father, transform their hearts, Lord. Open their eyes, Father, so they can see with new eyes, Lord. Open their ears, Holy Spirit, so they can hear from you. Father, that you would take your word, Lord, and you would cause it to bear fruit in their life. You would cause your word, Lord, to become alive in them, a river of living water inside of them, Lord. Father, tonight give them revelation, God, of who you are. Your word says to be still and know that you are God. Lord, give us revelation tonight of you. Jesus, as always, you are exalted above every other name. Everything we have, Jesus, is because of you, Lord. Father, so tonight, Lord, reach out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Father, reach out to those who are hungry, Father, those who are thirsty. For your presence, Lord, for your righteousness, Lord, and tonight let them be filled. Father, those who have been waiting on you, Lord, Father, those who are longing and desire, Lord, to taste of the goodness, Lord, that your presence provides. For God, your word declared that in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. Father, pour out your joy and gladness to light tonight in the hearts of the believers. Father, for any of those that are out there tonight, 
Lord, that need a touch from you, Father, anyone out there who doesn't know you. Father, whether they've heard your name or not, Jesus, whether they've heard the story of what you've done or not, Lord, tonight reveal yourself to them, whatever it takes, God. Your word declares the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Father, we know you desire all men turn their hearts to you. Father, that you would reshape and reform these nations of the earth, Lord. Father, that you would rebuke the enemy and cause your presence to fall down like rain. Tonight, Jesus, be glorified once again in our midst. Father, signs, wonders, whatever, Holy Spirit, whatever is in y'all's will tonight, God, tonight, have your way in this broadcast, have your way in my life. Father, I lay myself at your feet, Lord, I hide myself under the blood of Jesus, that you alone, Jesus, would get the praise tonight. And Jesus, we know that you hear us. And Father, we know your word declares if we know that you hear us, we know we have the petitions we ask of you. Jesus, you said, ask that your joy may be full. Father, and as the psalm says, ask of you, God, and you would give us the nations as an inheritance, Lord. Father, for our, our joy to be full, Lord. Tonight, we ask that you would draw the kingdoms of the earth to you, Lord. From the four corners of the earth, Lord, from the farthest east and the farthest west, Lord, that you would draw them together, Lord, into one body in your presence, Father, as you have declared that in these times you have drawn together them in one. Father, that you have broken down the walls of separation, Lord. Lord, you declared and said that you do not desire to dwell in houses made with human hands. Father, but you said that you desire to dwell in us and among us. You said that we are being raised up, built together for a dwelling place of your spirit. Father, tonight let us be worthy of that dwelling place, Father, as we lay our lives before you. Father, lifting ourselves to you as living sacrifices. Lord, lifting our voices to you in praise and worship, declaring that you are Jehovah, Most High God, Elohim, Jehovah Rophe, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nissi. You are the one who fills all in all. The Most High Exalted King of Kings. Tonight, Jesus. Everything is about you and for you.
Okay, well, welcome back to the broadcast. Our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you have a prayer request, give us a call. You can always email us at prayer at prayerinternational.org. And um, since it goes to my cell phone, as soon as my cell phone goes off, I'll read it and we'll pray for whatever needs you have. Or you can go into our chat room which is at blogtalkradio.com forward slash prayer international. So tonight, um, I think we have a lot to cover. Um, My wife pointed out during our Sunday morning church service, which we do online, um, every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., which um, we've only had two of them, and so I'm still getting used to it. My wife pointed out that that I say um a lot. And Chris hasn't noticed, and Chris has started to do a Wednesday night church service online. So y'all might want to check those out. I don't personally think they're that good, but it pretty much doesn't matter what we say because the Holy Spirit will take it all and use it for his glory. So if I say, um, like five million times, you'll have to forgive me because I'm just now aware of it. So I was uh, talking to the Lord today, um... There it is again. <laughs> and it's been an interesting day. I woke up this morning and got ready to work. And I didn't go to bed that late last night since I didn't do the broadcast. I think I found out that the earlier I go to sleep, like normal people do when they get eight hours of sleep, I get more tired. And somehow my body is just conditioned to live on three or four hours of sleep a night. And So last night I actually went to bed quite early, like nine or ten, which for me is really early. And Woke up this morning, I was exhausted, got on the train to go to work, and ended up falling asleep on the train, and woke up late, and looked around, and there was nobody on the train, like, except for two people, and I looked around, and I didn't recognize where we were, and then I realized that we had gone, like, two or three stops, two stops past mine, and so that was the start of my morning, so I had to get off the train, and luckily, the Lord had another train that showed up, like, less than two minutes later to take me back up two stops to get to work, and I was still there early, which means I need to start leaving for work a lot later. But I spent the the day talking to the Lord about a lot of different stuff, which um, since we, since I really don't have, I don't know what the Lord's going to do tonight, I'm just going to talk because, well, I can. And so I'll tell you about my day, and I've had this really interesting time with the Lord lately for the last couple days. Struggling within my spirit as far as direction and things um, that we're doing here at Prayer International. As you know, we've had this broadcast um, for two years now. Or no, not two years, a year and a half almost. And it's been an amazing blessing and an honor to serve the Lord. And it would be an honor and a blessing to serve the Lord in any capacity that he saw fit. But he chose through his own grace and his goodness to allow me and Chris to get up here on Blog Talk Radio every night and 
to pray and to intercede and to teach you the Word of God, to share with you the testimonies of our life and of the Lord. And the same with Paul, too, who's been with us recently, and some of our other guests, friends of ours, who are all anointed by the Holy Spirit, all men and women who have real lives, not um, puffed up and paraded around like they're something great, but just regular people who have not really much in common except for their, their love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what knits us, in, knits us all together in unity is Him. And But we, we decided that we were going to start an actual church, an online church, and also um, a physical church. And the Lord once again blessed us and has provided a building, not on Sunday mornings, but on um, Saturday Saturday mornings or Saturday night. And so the Lord provided us a building. Don't know who's going to show up, if anybody. But that being said, you know what? Well, we'll see what happens when we get there, and we'll see. Because at least it'll be us and the Holy Spirit, and that'll make me happy. And then I, I was talking to the Lord today about that, and I remember listening to this um, evangelist on this audio tape that someone gave me. And I remember sitting in my car and listening to this tape, going to work or wherever I was going. And this guy was talking about his ministry, and he said, all I wanted to do was sit around, write books, and spend time with the Lord. And all of a sudden, my heart shot up, and I was like, God, that's exactly what I want. Don't want any of the rest of it, as great as it is and as great as the vision is for what he's wanting to do. And I was like, God, that's all I want is to sit around, write books about you, and spend time in your presence. And while that's a very um, wonderful idea, and um, the Lord willing, sooner or later I'll be able to do that. Um, for now, my family, I have four kids and a wife, and they like to eat, and so I have to keep working until the Lord can provide a way for me to do ministry full-time, which is really what I would love to do because – you know, before the broadcast started, I was talking to the Lord about all this, and I was like, you know, Lord, I really don't like doing the broadcast for the reasons that most people do. I don't like doing the ministry for the reason that most people do. I mean, I can't really say that because I don't know everybody's heart, only he does, but while we were talking, I, I realized the only reason I do anything for the Lord is because it's the only thing that's fun in life. It's the only thing that really brings me joy is to do things with Him, to see Him move, to see His presence do something. Outside of being in His presence, there's no nothing, nothing that can come close to it. There's just something about being in the presence of the Lord that brings you to a perfect peace, that brings you to the fullness of joy, where, as the scriptures Okay, so 
We're back on the air. Hopefully all of you can hear me. It seemed like Blog Talk decided they didn't want us, or Blog Talk for some reason, or just my Skype decided they didn't want to do the broadcast tonight. So so I'm back in, and we're still going. Um, so I was talking about the Lord, and I was, you know, there's really not much reason that I found in my years and years of doing this with the Lord to do anything, no purpose except for him. And, you know, I'm not just, I'm really honestly, truly not just saying that. Um, No, not every minute and every thought of every day is about him. I wish it was. The desire of my heart would be nothing less than to spend every minute with him sort of like, um, you know, there was these bracelets that people used to wear that um, said, what would Jesus do? And I decided that instead of those bracelets, what would be really, really amazing is if, well, that's great, if it would say, if we had bracelets to say, what did Enoch do? And the reason I say that is because the Bible said that Enoch was and then he was not for God took him and you know something about that the fact that he was so close to the Lord that he um, was gone and then he was just with the Lord um, for eternity with the Father to be that close with him I mean to be like Moses to be able to stand upon the mountain of the Lord and to be entrusted with the Lord to come into his presence like that um, closer than any physical man has ever been, even though the Lord still had, by his um, grace, to hide him in the cleft of a rock when his glory passed by him. The very fact that Moses was there. And, you know, Jesus said, one thing I have desired, that I could dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, this is first I was reading um, before the broadcast, and it says, and this is Jonah chapter 3, or chapter 2, it says in verse 7, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you, into your holy temple. You know, tonight, um, my, my goal and my aim is to... possibly demonstrate but to give you an insight into this Jesus who I love and who I serve so we're going to take a quick break for worship so we can um, check the phone lines so please stick with us we'll be back in just a few minutes
my relationship with him and the time I had spent with him. And so I went to this um, meeting. That the presence of God was unbelievable there. And we were, me and my friend, not not the Chris that's on the ministry with us now, but one of my other friends named Chris, um, an amazing, amazing man of God um, named Chris Kay. And we were friends since childhood, and we went to this meeting, which was like two hours away. And so toward the end of it, we're both wanting to leave. And all of a sudden, like, I, it gets to this point where you take a step, and then you, you, like, move your foot back to the position it was in. And it's like, okay. And I kept, like, fighting with myself, wanting to leave, but feeling I needed to stay. And I was struggling to get my, my, my shoes on. And all of a sudden, after a few minutes, I'm like, okay. I'm not going. I need to go back in there. I need to get prayer. I didn't know why at the moment. All I knew is I had this desire in my heart and that I really needed to hear from the Lord, not just from me, but from someone else. And so I went in, and there's all these um, men and women um, who had had um, long relationships with the Lord, seasoned in their relationships with the Lord. And I just stood there waiting for one of them to pray for me because they were just all praying for everybody. Sort of like it probably would have been in the original church. And I stood there and this woman walked up to me. Didn't know who she was. Never had been in this house before, even though they had it like once a month. And She walks up to me and the, fir and the first words out of her mouth was, yes, you're hearing from the Lord. And that was her very first words. And I was like, okay, you got me. And, you know, then praying, I, I was like, someone had asked me what I want. And I was like, I just want to know what God's will is. And they replied and they said, well, it's my will for you to have life and have it more abundantly. And I've had a lot of prophetic words spoken over me in my life um, by purely by the grace and love of the Father or because I'm stubborn and don't always get it. And, you know, when I got this prophetic word, this is my, my, it's my will that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I felt sort of insulted. It's like, is that all I'm going to get? And, but then I realized how profound it was that God's will for us was to enjoy life and the fullness of it. The Lord says the earth, the, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Um, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, you know, Adam and Eve, God put Adam and Eve in a garden, and they didn't really have to do anything in the garden but walk around and spend time with the Lord. That was it. I mean, that that was the, uh, the, the their existence was they walked around this lush, beautiful, amazing garden, and they spent time in the presence of God. I mean, how great is that, that there was no sin in the world, so... They didn't – there was no, like, separation or barrier between them. They were holy and pure just like God was because they had never sinned. Sin had not come into the world. They're in the presence of the Most High God who the Bible declares is in an unapproachable light. And that's all they have to do is spend time with the Lord every day. The one thing that all of us desire more than anything else to do is spend time and to see him face to face. And they got to. And, you know, in the same way, um, I've had many talks to the Lord about this, and it always comes comes about the same. 
or the result of our thoughts are always the same as it's my desire for you to have life and have it more abundantly. For us to learn to enjoy living in this world that we live in, in his presence, um, in the knowledge of his presence. And while we know there are scriptures that says, I will, like in Joshua, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you get to the point of understanding and comprehending, and you get the, not just the word, and where you can repeat it or quote it or memorize it, but you actually get the revelation where that word becomes alive inside of you, and you, you really, really understand that when he says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, why would you ever say a prayer, God, please don't leave me? Because he's already said, I'm not going to do it. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you've done. His word says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He's faithful to keep his word from generations to generations for eternity. He said in Isaiah, my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that for which I sent it. And so the Lord's desire is for us to enjoy life, to enjoy the world that we live in that belongs to him. Um, and there's so many different levels to that. When you get the understanding of our real identity as new creatures in Christ Jesus, that we've been bought from the enemy. We've been purchased by the blood of Christ Jesus, our sins being washed away. He's taken us out of the realm of darkness, out of the power and the authority of the devil, um, out of the bondages and the prisons. And he's broken us free from all of that stuff and turned around and placed us in in into the family of his father, into the kingdom, declaring us to be children of God, citizens of heaven, declaring that we're righteous before the father. And so then you're like, okay, now what? Well, then there's the relationship. Then we have, we have the restoration as far as um, our sin, as far as being reconciled to God. So that part's fixed, um, which is why Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden. But what about what they originally had? They had enmity with the Lord. And so the next step is in the, after you have the salvation, the redemption of your soul through the blood of Christ, the next step is the restoration of the fellowship with the Father which we have just as equally through the blood of the cross. And so many people who get saved and they come to the Lord for, for whatever reason that people come to the Lord. I mean, we know the Bible says the goodness of God leads them into repentance. Um, but some people um, come, they, they get saved, um, the terminology we use, um, or the church is always used. And because they just don't want to go to hell because they're scared into it so they think if I say this prayer I won't go to hell and then that's it then there's those people who the Lord really touches and he really reveals himself to and then they they realize how it really is but regardless after you get past that first moment then what then what do you do with the rest of your life um, you have eternity like wrapped up and it's secured and you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, as the scripture says. Um, 
which the scripture also declares is the same Holy Spirit that entered into the tomb of Christ, raised him from the dead, um, seated him at the right hand of the Father, the same Holy Spirit who was with God in the beginning when God spoke and said, it said the Spirit was of God was hovering over the waters of the face of the darkness, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so now what? Now we have relationship. Now we... It was easy for the disciples in some ways because Jesus was right there in the flesh. Um, they beheld, as it were, the image of the glory of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and they beheld His glory. They saw Him. They saw His heart, His compassion. They saw the miracles He performed. Declaring that he didn't do anything on his own But only through the authority of the Father And then he turned around And he said okay well this is your They're like okay well we know you now What do we do And you know what Jesus said in Matthew 10 He turned around and said Okay um, 10 verse 7 It says as you, I want you to go out And as you go preach saying The kingdom of heaven is at hand Heal the sick Cleanse the lepers Raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And so that was their one of their first assignments from Jesus. Um, it's still our one of our first assignments today. You know the Lord. Okay, now what? Now we now we live it. Now we we we've received the gift of God freely, and now it's our job to turn around and give it out to as many people as possible to become givers. Of the grace that the Lord has given us To give freely the revelation Of the knowledge of the love of God Which has been more than abundantly poured out into our lives And his word has been placed in our heart As the scripture says that we're living epistles Written not on tablets of stone But on tablets of flesh Which is the heart And you know God said in the Old Testament He says in those days I will write my Heart, I will write my laws on their hearts and on their minds, and so in these in times we live in, the the Father has not spoken from through just one man, though he, like with the the prophets of the Old Testament, but Jesus declared. It, it says in the Book of Joel, he it says, in in those days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and in these last days the Father hasn't. Like regulated his word and his and his spirit to just one or two men who were found worthy because now through the blood of Jesus Christ we're all worthy we're all we're all seated at his at his at his side declared to be righteous by the blood of Christ and every one of us stand in the same light with the ability to hear the voice of God and be in His presence as the prophets did of old and as Moses did upon the mountain. And as Elijah did, when he stood up with determination before the, the 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 priest of the false gods, and every one of us stand in the same place with the Lord, and we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That we still have yet not fully come to understand or 
have the relation, the um, revelation of, or even to fully embrace. Because if we did, the church would be far more unified than it is now. If we understood this wasn't about us, but it was about Him, and then we'd be out like declaring that the kingdom of God is at hand, um, raising the sick, healing, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons, and all that other stuff. And so we we have this life here that God said for us to everything that he's given us all things to richly enjoy. And so sometimes I go out to the lake and I'll just sit there and and I just sit because I, I get really busy at times. Um, my days are pretty packed between work and um, four kids and the broadcast at night and um, everything that I, I don't really have a lot of time just to sit in his presence and and you know it, it's amazing just sitting like somewhere quiet when there's nobody around and just listening to the sound of the ocean or listening to the stillness of the air around you because if you're really quiet you can almost still hear him say I'll never leave you nor forsake you I'm here and you're my beloved and knowing that his desire is to reveal himself to you and for you to know him, for you to be able to know him the same way that he knows you. And his invitation is open for us to to know him. The Bible says the very number of hairs on our head are numbered. And I, as I said before, not only the hairs on our head, but the very atoms that comprise our physical frames and bodies, every atom, every molecule, numbered by the Lord, ordered and fashioned into what he declared to be his creation. Um, the Bible says before he formed us in the womb, he knew us. When we were without form, he began his process of calling out to us. Declaring his love over us Singing over us You know the Lord sings over you The Lord Sings his blessings And sings his love to you Whether you can hear it or not He, he does And he delights himself in you The Bible says that He has inscribed our names On the palm of his hand Declaring That he would never forget Never forsake you, never leave you That you're his, no matter what Through all eternity That neither As the scripture says that Neither life, nor death Nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present Nor things to come, nor height Nor with, nothing Can separate you from the love of God Which is in Christ Jesus Which he demonstrated Through Christ Jesus Because when words weren't enough And his declarations weren't enough and men still could not obey and they still could not remember and they still kept forgetting to make the ultimate proclamation of his love he sent his own son Jesus to die for us and so we're going to get in tonight what time is it? One, we have like an hour left, so hopefully we have plenty of time. We're going to get into um, John chapter 14, and I wanted to 
talk about this um, a little bit tonight. Um, because the Bible says that, and you know, this is just my opinion. I mean, he's, um, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, um, where he continually makes intercession for the saints. And continually up there living to make intercession for us. And so our Christ Jesus, our beloved, amazing, wonderful Savior, who is exalted above everything, and the Father put all things under his feet and gave him the name that is above every name. He sits at the right hand of the Father, still making intercession for us. And he said, but he said, I will not leave you as orphans. And we're going to get into that. So, it says in John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. You know, that was one of the problems of the Pharisees and the scribes and the rulers of the, the days of Jesus, is that they believed in God. No one, no one doubted their belief or their for the for God, um, their practices and their purposes and their intentions were not always pure and holy, and they did things for themselves and for the wrong intentions at times. But they did believe in the Father, and they believed in the Torah and the Pentateuch and the Word of God. They believed in what the prophets had written and declared. But the problem is they couldn't piece it together. They couldn't take these scriptures that have been written since the beginning, declaring that a, a Savior would come, that a Messiah would come to deliver the world from its sins. And they couldn't pinpoint it with the revelation that that's who Jesus was. Why Jesus stood on the cross and said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the scriptures said, had they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they would have had the revelation, if they would have understood who he was They not only would have fallen to their knees But They would have Wouldn't have been able to do anything else But for that reason He came forth To die for our sins And you know Jesus declared He said you, you search the scriptures Because in them you think you have life but you're not willing to come to me. And we find that the problem is that many people, they they read through the Bible and they search the Bible, but they don't have the revelation to come with it. And so it's just words on paper. It's just like the law, just words for them to read because they don't have the revelation. And the Bible says the law brings death, but the Spirit gives life. And without the Holy Spirit to take the Word of God and make it alive, then it never becomes that living fountain of water that, that is flowing on the inside of us. In verse 2 it says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. You know, when he said this, he had not yet died upon the cross. He hadn't offered his own blood Upon the mercy seat of heaven Before the throne of God To make The final 
sacrifice for the sins of the people, being having become the, the, the final high priest to rend the veil of the temple and to, to make open access from the outer court all the way into the most holy place, to say that all people, all men of all nations, of all tribes and all tongues, could have the ability to enter into the presence of the Most High God. And so he said, I go to make a place for you. I'm preparing. I'm working. My father has been working till now, and I am working. Though you don't understand, I've been working, and I'm working. And because he knew that he was going to die for the sins of the world. And then he knew after that that we would be redeemed. It says in um, verse 3, and, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. You know, it's not the first time that, you know, the Bible, it's funny if you read the Bible, God has to repeat himself a lot. All through the book of Joshua, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Only be strong and have good courage, and I will never leave you or forsake you. And Jesus, so many times, has to say, I will come again and receive you to myself. He said in Revelation, behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. Jesus is coming again. He is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. As many times as I can emphasize it, say it, highlight it, like put it in neon lights, and and like have a plane fly through the, the sky and like paint it in smoke. The world does not understand that he's coming back and soon. And as the 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 seals continue to open and the and the trumpets begin to sound, the Lord is coming back to receive us to himself, that where he is we may be also. It says in verse 4, And where I go, you know. And the way you know. And we know that he has gone back to the Father. And he said, which is where he said he's going to take us. And he said, the way you know. Which is through him alone. Because the Bible says and declares that there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved except for the name of Jesus. And verse five, Thomas. I hope this isn't. I don't. I've never thought about this, but I hope this isn't the same Thomas who, after the death of Jesus and the resurrection, all of the other disciples had seen the Lord. And after the resurrection, and Thomas, I hope this is not the same doubting Thomas who said, "I, I won't believe it unless I see it." Who Jesus had to come in and like say, "Look at the look at the holes in my hands, and look at the hole in my side," and he said. And, and Thomas is like, Lord, I believe. And Jesus is like, you you see and you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and still believe. Which applies to all of us out there. Um, who have not seen the Lord, but yet we love. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now I want you to highlight that in, in your Bibles. Um, 
So next time anybody of any religion or whatever comes up and, and declares um, something contrary or has and ask you a question um, about, well, if God is loving, wouldn't it be okay if we worship this and this and this? And You know, um, men have tried to do that in the past. When Moses went up to the mountain to um, receive the Ten Commandments, the um, Aaron and the, the people complained and grumbled because Moses was gone a little bit too long because men had still and have yet to learn to be patient with the Lord. And so while Moses is on the mountain in the presence of God, um, the very mountain that they all the children probably could have gone to at the beginning, but they were afraid. And they trembled and said, okay, Moses, you go up there because they didn't want to go. And so Moses go up there, and while Moses is up there receiving the Ten Commandments of God, which would have been awesome to be Moses, to actually see God with his finger right out upon these tablets of stone, his law and his words. But, you know, while he was up there, Aaron was making a golden calf for the um, children of Israel, and they were dancing and saying, this is the God who brought us out of Egypt. And still today, men are serving false gods, declaring it to be the Lord. But So the next time that someone comes up to you and says, well, shouldn't I be able to worship this and this person and this person and this and this and this, and if God was loving, wouldn't this be okay? Then you can actually pull out your Bibles, open it up to John 14, chapter 6, and show them this verse and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then you look at him and you say, well, I didn't write this, but... God did, and if you have a problem, take it up with him, but that's it. That's pretty much the basic of it is Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through him. It says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And so here, here we get to the really deep part of God. <laughs> If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. You know, the Bible declares he was the image of the invisible God. The image of the glory of the Father. When he was questioned, he said, I and my Father are one. If you see me, you've seen the Father. How many times does he have to say it? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Those desiring to come to the Father that have neglected the fact that they have to come to the Son never find a way, even though they search the Scriptures, because they're not willing to come to him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me, Philip. So let me let me let me let me read this again. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Philip saying, Jesus, we know you come from God. Let us see him, and we'll be happy. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, 
and yet you have not known me, Philip. The same Jesus who said, before Abraham was, I am. The same words, I am, that were used, what they call the, the real name of God, a tetron, grammaton, or whatever, the same words that Moses used only, that's only been used one other time, as far as I know in the Bible. I could be wrong, but when Moses approached the burning bush, and he called out Moses, and Moses said, well, who will I say sent me? And God said, I am that I, tell him that I am that I am has sent you. The same thing Jesus declared to the Pharisees. And once again, he's telling Philip, Philip, I've been with you this long and you don't know me. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. You know, the Bible says a good tree will not bear bad fruit. A bad tree won't bear good fruit. If you want the world to know who you are, you don't have to say have a word come out of your mouth. Your very works, your the very declarations of your actions into this world that you're walking in the spirit and are living the transformed life will speak volumes to give praise and glory to the Lord. In verse 12, it says, Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. You know, Jesus did some pretty amazing things. Caused the water to see, the waters on the ocean to be calm. The Bible says that if all the works and miracles that Jesus performed were written, the world itself could not contain it. And yet Jesus said, greater than these, you will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Even still, when Jesus says now, we ask anything in his name, he'll do it, that the Father could be glorified. If you, And he says it again, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's a hard one. If you love me, keep my commandments. Usually we think it's the other way around. We're like, God, if you love us, you won't mind if we break some of your rules. But, you know, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I say. You'll be obedient. 
And he said, and I will pray to the Father. How many of you like the fact that Jesus is praying on your behalf? You think his prayers have weight. Um, some of us don't always out there, some of you don't always believe that God listens or answers your prayers, but it, it, at this point it doesn't really matter because Jesus said that, you know what, he's going to pray to the Father for you. And he already said when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he said, I I, I say this, Father, not he said, I know that you, you hear me, but I say this for the people who are listening, for they, so they'll know that you, you sent me. I mean, Jesus knew that the Father heard him. And he said that I'm going to pray to the Father. And he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it can neither see him nor know him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Just as Jesus said, the Father is in me and he's in the Father. Jesus is declaring this Holy Spirit that he would send, would dwell among us and be in us. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. Talking about the spiritual rebirth and the spiritual life, as the Bible says that we're buried with our sin and baptism, raised in the newness of life. Or the Bible says to consider yourself, reckon yourself to be dead as sin and alive to God. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, is he, he, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it comes, 
that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. You know, Jesus declaring once again that he would never leave us nor forsake us, that he would be with us no matter what, that when we go out in our world, um, whether you're going to work or you go to school or whatever it is you have to do tomorrow, that he's going to be there, that he's giving you this life to enjoy that he wants you to understand the fullness of joy that comes from understanding his presence, understanding that you're you're it's not just you and him out there somewhere, it's you filled with his Holy Spirit. Being having this same Holy Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwell among us and in us to empower us and give us the ability and the anointing not only to live our lives but also to change the entire world. For his sake, for his glory, for his name. This is Prayer International Radio. Our call in number 619 638 If you need prayer for anything, give us a call. We're going to take a break and have a little bit of worship, and we will be right back. Said my 
So we're going to um, go back into worship um, in just a minute. But for those of you out there listening tonight, um, any of you who've been um, struggling in your relationship with the Lord, um, we all, at times, the Bible says um, for us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, and you know, the Bible says to be still and know that he is God. He said, be still and know that I am God. It also says those who wait on the, renew- the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll walk and not be weary. They'll run and not faint. And the Lord wants you to know to you can come into his presence and just wait upon him. Let him move in your life. Give him way and a place to move in, in your life, to watch and behold and see his glory be manifested in your life, to let him sing his love over you and declare his love to you. Sometimes when there's mountains that you have to cross or you don't know what's around the corner, you don't know how you're going to get through whatever situation you're in, sometimes there's nothing else for us to do but to be still and to know that he is God, to lay everything down before him because he already knows everything about us. And sometimes we need to come in agreement with him, declaring the truth that without him we can't do anything, that he is our very life. And we need to turn our eyes away from the problems and the situations of life and turn our eyes on him since he is the source of our life and the source of our peace and he's the source of our joy. The Bible says in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. So, Father, as we go back into worship for a few more minutes, Lord, for all those who are out there, Lord, who, Father, they really need to hear from you. They really need a touch from you, Father. Lord, I ask that you would reach down into the depths of their heart, Father, and pour out your love, Father. Pour out your kindness and your goodness and your grace into them, Lord. Show them and declare to them, sing over them your love, Father.
Okay, well, welcome back to the show. Call in number 619-638-8458. You know, um, this afternoon, um, well, I was going to say I wanted to um, welcome, for all y'all who are listening who are not in our chat room, we have our um, good friend, um, Grace Orphanage, who's listening to us tonight from India, um, which um, I believe the, the website is graceorphanage.com um, in India, um, or just graceorphanage.com. I believe that's the website. If not, you can Google it. Um, but, I mean, an amazing ministry. Um, the Bible says we should never um, promote ourselves and let other people do it And so um, Being that it, it's due And it's not them I'm going to do it for them But um, If you want a If you want to see The ministry And the work of Jesus um, Then It's in That ministry Of Grace Orphanage I mean Literally even Going to their Website It's all about Fitting the orphanage The orphanage Or taking, uh, Having orphanage An orphanage And taking care of widows And you know, all the stuff that Jesus um, said that we should do, and it's what they're doing. And, you know, so we here at Prayer International um, felt it in our spirit only right to um, start sponsoring them as much as possible. And um, as much as the Lord's willing to provide seed for us to do so. And, you know, it reminded me today I was leaving work and I was heading home and you know the worst part of my day today was leaving work because on my way out of uh, out of work I had to walk back to the train station which is a couple blocks down the road and when I was walking to the train station I saw this man who was um digging in the trash can um he had a McDonald's bag and looking for food and you know my heart just sunk because I had absolutely no food to give him. I had no money, anything. Which, so I, I immediately um, asked the Lord, because um, the Bible said he provides seed for the sower, cause, so I can get to the point financially where I can just, like, literally every morning wake up and put a $20 bill in my pocket, so that at some point in that day, um, if I run into anybody like that who really needs um, food or anything else, um I can give it to them because, you know, in the Bible, I was talking to Chris about this the other night. Um, you know, the Bible says freely give, receive, freely give. And, you know, we could talk about, like, the gifts of the Spirit and we could talk about the, the miracles. But the biggest miracle that is ever going to happen is for people to understand the love of Jesus. The actual, because the Bible says, um, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Um, you know, the signs and the wonders and the gifts, the, the, the spectacular and supernatural things that the Lord does, he He only does it out of compassion to demonstrate his love. It's Everything is based from the love in the heart of the Father. There's nothing that's done just for the sake of doing it. And, you know, if you have the heart of Jesus, you, you can't help but be a giver. It becomes part of your nature, and I'm not talking about like how you'll see some people get up and they'll say, "Well, you need to be a sower and a giver and blah blah blah, and give this and give that and 
of that. I mean, my opinion is, is, you know, if the Lord puts it in your heart to, even for a second, and just lays it on your spirit to give something away, then you give it away. Because as the, the Bible declares, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Everything that we have doesn't belong to us. Our own bodies, our, our life, everything we have belongs to him. Whether it's finances or materials or even our very time. Because, you know, well, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. But it's not always about giving money. It's sometimes about giving other things as well. And, you know, it's the real ministry of Jesus is to the lost. And we constantly have to um, come before the Lord asking for him to shape and mold our hearts so that when we're doing things like ministry, we're not doing it just for the sake of having a ministry, but we're doing it with the realization and the understanding that there is actually men and women and children out there who really need the Lord. And they need not only the Lord, but they need the fullness of life that Jesus said he's come for us to have. That, he may, that we may have life and have it more abundantly. You know, God said that in the Old Testament. He said, I know the thoughts I think for you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And, you know, there's, and I, I don't necessarily want it per international. It'd be nice. Um, but I'm not intending it by saying all this to make some proclamation against world hunger. But in some ways, What's the purpose of, of us being here as Christians and believers and the, the Most High God, having all the resources of heaven, having the ability to to intercede and um, declare prophetically things, the word of the Lord over the nations, if we were not willing to also at the same time to speak out against the injustices in the nations. Which, you know, world hunger is one of them. Um, we who sit, even some, even some of us who sit in not what we would consider excess, but most of us don't know what it's like to live in hunger and live in absolute poverty. Um, some of us don't have to always worry about where our next meal is going to come from or if our children are going to die because they don't have enough food, but there's like millions of people across this world who, who do know that. Um, they live like that. It's their life. And yet those people, they still trust the Lord. And, you know, what's the point of having money and finances if you can't give it away? You know, that's what it was. You know, I was talking to this person on the phone and the other day, I think it was last night or the night before, and we were talking about sowing and blessing and reaping and stuff. And, you know, the Bible says, um, I believe it was David who said in the Psalms, he said, I've been young and now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. If you believe the word of God and you trust the Lord, then you know that he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. You know he's going to provide all your needs. Like the children of Israel with the manna, he said, don't gather up today, I'll provide for you tomorrow. That's my short paraphrased version of what God said in, um, in Exodus. But he literally said, I'll provide for you today, manna's going to come. And when they were tired of the manna, he sent fish. Um when they were thirsty, he had water come out of a rock because the Lord wanted to demonstrate at the time 
and for future generations that he was going to be the provider. He was going to be their source of everything they needed. And if they needed something, they could come to the Lord and he would provide. But it wasn't so they could hoard it up and gain provisions for themselves for later on because then they wouldn't need him. But he wanted them to understand, to trust him for everything they need when the time comes, when the day comes. Wait till tomorrow. I'll provide for you again tomorrow. And the Lord's saying you don't have to hoard for yourself and gather up for yourself because when tomorrow comes, just like I provided today, I'm going to provide then too. Because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God who provided for you yesterday will provide for you today. He'll provide for you tomorrow because his very nature is to be a provider and to be a giver. He's given everything, including his own son. And we, in likewise manner, who have in, who've inherited the kingdom of God, because the Bible says that we're heirs of Christ, we're, we're heirs and co-heirs of Christ Jesus, have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You know, we too, all our provision is from the Lord. We don't lack, we don't need anything. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not need anything. He makes me lie down by green, in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. You know, if you trust the Lord, he's going to provide for all your needs. It may not always look a, look like it, but he will, because it's in his very nature to do so as our God. And so we, in likewise manner, I was saying the other night, it's like, you know, what's really the point of having money or having anything extra if you can't use it to bless someone else, if you can't give what you have away? You know, if you want to talk about sowing and reaping, um, you can't outgive God. I've lived that philosophy unintentionally, not thinking of it like that, but I've just done so um, for as long as I can remember. Um, where if I've had something, just give it away. Why? Because it's not mine; it's His. And what would He do? What What, what is His desire for the things that we have that we just hold on to and you know whether it's food or clothing or time or whatever else there's someone out there who has a need from the Lord and you and the Lord will put you in positions to bless other people and cause a change in their life and then demonstrate the love of God and the Bible says the goodness of God leads them to repentance because the world doesn't need your words they need your actions the world doesn't need people who are going to go around proclaiming the gospel of Christ but live completely contrary to the character and the nature of Christ. The world needs people who are going to declare themselves to be Christians because they're Christ-like, because they actually carry about the, the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, in, not only in word, but in also in their actions. And they actually demonstrate his compassion, because there's not many times when Jesus did things in the Bible that it doesn't say that he was moved with compassion for people. And, you know, this earth is still his and all the people in it. And the one thing the church should do is get unified behind things like world hunger and poverty and everything else because the church has so much authority and so much power that have been given and granted it by the Father that we are, for whatever reason, unwilling and unable to use because we just flat out don't trust him. And I know that sounds pretty harsh for me to say that, but if you know, if the body of Christ trusted the Lord, they would walk in the commandments of the Lord. He said, "If you love me, you'll keep my commands." Well, what what was your, well? That, excuse me, I'm speaking a little bit too fast. I'm stumbling over myself. You know, 
Jesus said, if you love me, we go keep my commands. But what was his command? His command was in Matthew 10, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. That was one of his commands, but we don't see much of that going on nowadays, do we? Why? Because people don't trust the Lord, they don't believe him. I mean, flat out, honestly, simple, speaking the truth in as much love as I possibly can, that's the truth. We don't have a re we, we as a body of Christ don't have a re revelation into the Word of God, and we don't understand the things that belong to us as children of God. We walk around like paupers, if that's a correct term to use, because we still haven't understand understood our birthright, our our inheritance in the kingdom of God. We haven't understood the power that's been um, given to us, the power that that we have to operate in through the Holy Spirit since we know we all have the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead and we have yet to begin to operate in it or to even understand it because when we do operate in it we do it out of false motives doing it for our, our own glory not understanding that the glory doesn't belong to us but it belongs to him Jesus didn't do anything for his own glory he did it for the glory of the Father and then he asked the Father to glorify him. But everything Jesus did was out of obedience to what he heard and saw the Father do. And in like manner, everything we should do should be in obedience to what Jesus has said to us. So this is Prayer International Radio. Our caller number is 619-638-8458. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to, we have about 10 minutes left. If you need prayer, give us a call. You can always email us at prayer at prayerinternational.org. We'll be back tomorrow night at 10 p.m. And it'll probably be one thing because I think Chris is in a um, prayer meeting he has to go to. So um, I have to get up for work in about 5, whatever, 5, it's like midnight, almost midnight here, 5 a.m., however many hours that is, so, um, and so I'm starting to get really tired, so I'm going to end it really quick, a little bit early tonight, um, play one more song by Misty Edwards, um, so for all of you, Father God, I pray the grace and the, and your, your grace and your favor, Lord, the multitude of your provision to be poured out into the lives of these people who are listening, Lord, that you would help them to become sowers, Father, of your provision, Lord, of your word to the to the world out there. Father, grant them boldness, Lord, to boldly proclaim your gospel to the nations, Lord. Holy Spirit, that as your the word declares that you would follow, confirming the word of God with signs and wonders, Lord. Where everywhere they go they would carry about the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, that you would strengthen them with might through your spirit in the inner man that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith, Lord, that they would be rooted and grounded in love. And, Father, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Father, they would be filled with all of the fullness. Lord, for you are the one who fills us all in all. Jesus, all the praise and glory belongs to you, for you are the Lamb who is slain before the foundation of the world, the only one who is worthy to open up the scroll. 
So tonight we worship you, Jesus. And we declare that you are King and Lord over everything. And all who are thirsty And all who are weak Come to the fountain And if you are Yeah. 
as deep cries out to 